Welcome to the second episode of Let's Be Nerds. I'm your host, Stephen Jay, and I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts, Kylie Gregg and Gordon Bryant. Kylie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Excited about today's show and glad to be together with all of you guys. Absolutely. Gordon, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great this morning, Steve. How are you guys doing? No complaints here. So I'm pretty excited about today's episode because we are diving into the Star Wars prequels. And I am familiar. I enjoy them. But I think this episode, you guys might be a little bit more knowledgeable about some of the things we're going to cover. So I'm, I'm also kind of excited to get educated a little bit. Kylie, how are you feeling? I, I know you have some thoughts on this prequel and some certain actors uh so some certain actors <laughs> i don't know what you could be talking about i love the prequels they are my favorite trilogy in the star wars sagas that's my favorite movie is in the prequels and i do have a certain fascination for qui-gon jinn and obi-wan kenobi but we don't need to get into all of that just yet you know, we just gotta, gotta tease it a little bit, but gotta we tease we, it know, just a little bit. It'll come out more as as we go on. Oh, you'll Gor- definitely be hearing a lot of it. Gordon, how do you feel about the prequels? I love the prequels. They're great movies in my mind. Some of them are a little less great than others, but overall, they're a great trilogy. Hmm. Good to especially, know. Especially with all the new. Uh, recording tactics that were coming up at the age that they were recording these. Very true. Well, before we begin, and Kylie, I kind of want to have you kick us off on this one, but before we begin, I do want to thank today's sponsor, Anchor.fm. You'll be hearing more about them later, but Kylie, why don't you go ahead and get us started on what we need to know and what we need to discuss about these prequels. So, first things first, I love the cinematography and the different conspiracy theories that have arised because of the prequels, and those have affected a lot of the Star Wars timeline because these fall at the beginning of the Star Wars timeline, and it's just, I like how a lot of the things carried over into the newer trilogy. I know other people don't. I also know that people may love the prequels and people may hate the prequels. And I hate one specific movie. Ah, yeah, don't you have a special terminology for this movie? The Fast and Furious of Star Wars. Cause and of, it's, of, course, of course, we're referring to the Phantom Menace, right? Yeah, the pod racing. And I just... 
The only reason I love that movie is because of Liam Neeson. That's it. It's the no, only pro. The, the Liam Neeson crush is very real. I'm pretty sure he was only there because someone took his daughter or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if Padme? Like, what if Padme was Qui Gon Jinn's daughter? Is that what? No, that this no, is that, not. That, this is just oh, Kylie's that, conspiracy. Satire, Steve. That's satire. I, I don't know if it's satire. I could believe it because those Taken films, man, he really gets into them. He does, and you know what? You say the word conspiracy theory to me, and I automatically just assume that it's real and believe it. And it's not not always healthy. It's always real until proven otherwise. Amen. So we have to talk a little bit about. So, like, the casting for this, we do have to admit, it was phenomenal. You know, obviously, Liam Neeson. But there are some other pretty notable people in this film that I, I'm i a big Natalie Portman fan, personally. So, I have always had, that's probably my main crush. I uh, She was young at the time of this filming, but, like, when we get into the Attack of the Clones, Natalie Portman killed it as Pat my opinion oh for sure she went from like a big sister character to like this badass love interest who would die for democracy and it's just crazy to watch her character development i would agree she she truly did become like a badass icon and i think Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia would definitely be proud of oh, God rest sure. her soul. God rest that soul. She's amazing. And fun fact about her burial, whether this is fake or not, I'm 100% believe it's real. She was buried in a uh, Advil pill. See, her I, urn. I am very hesitant to use the term fun fact about someone's burial, but go ahead. So she was in an Advil pill. Yes, uh, she... Um, Part of her was cremated and was kept in an Advil urn for whatever reason. Just another one of her apparently jokes that close friends and family would have gotten. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what wasn't she like? What wasn't there like an end goal with that? Like, didn't I think there was, but I can't remember at this time. Oh, see, she wasn't like shot into space or anything crazy. Is that another conspiracy theory <laughs> that I just bought and bought hook, line, and sinker? Probably. Okay, well, I'm I'm notorious for that. Well, you might have been thinking about the new movies where she just kind of torpedoes through space and magically lives. Oh. With all that lovely CGI acting. Yes, that maybe I'm getting my wires crossed a bit. So, aside from our girl Natalie Portman and our boy Liam Neeson, we have Ian. Mc- Ewan, I always say it wrong, Ewan McGregor, uh, iconic, fantastic. Uh, of course, Frank Oz returned as the voice of Yoda. Uh, it just, what, what's not to love? I loved the casting in these movies because, well, obviously, Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson, but then you have Hayden Christensen, who's also very cute, Natalie Portman, who's also very cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I'd say Yoda's cute. You have Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Like, you have a lot of well-known actors. And 
I think that that's kind of like, you know, that legacy cast, you know, like you said, like Samuel L. Jackson playing Mace Windu, that is probably one of the smartest casting choices because I mean, oh, he's for sure. good in everything he does. Again, the crush on Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman is so real. You guys know they went through over 300 aluminum lightsabers in that film. Those three films combined, sorry. Really? Yeah, I, over 300 just because Hayden and U- Ewan McGregor just would go at it way more than they needed to. So they just kept bending and breaking. Definitely a different play on the term sword fighting. I had to make the joke. I had to do it. So. And <laughs> I'm sure we all know why Samuel L. Jackson had his famous purple lightsaber. Because he wanted it. Yeah. Didn't he, he re- asked for re- it. request it? <laughs> he will, he, there's actually a video on YouTube you can watch him going up to George Lucas and asking, so what, what do we get to pick our lightsaber colors? And Lucas tells him, well... Generally, the good guys are blue and green. Bad guys are red. And she just asked him, well, what about purple? And Lucas said to him, we can probably make that happen. See, I like Mace Windu's um, lightsaber being purple is because he almost leans a little towards the dark side a little bit. When you're watching his battle with Senator Palpatine in... Um, that's Revenge of the Sith, yeah. yeah. Like he almost kind of like pauses, like he doesn't want to kill this guy. And I don't know if that's because he's influenced by the dark side of the Force, if that's because of Senator Palpatine's manipulation of the Force and possible manipulation of Mace Windu. But I hate Mace Windu. I have a burning hatred for him. Really. I, I never hate Samuel L. Jackson, no matter what role he okay, plays. Okay, I don't hate Samuel L. Jackson. I hate Mace Windu. So you he, think... He is such a fence rider. Like, okay. he can't pick a side. And then he is the whole reason why Anakin turned to the dark side of the Force. I, I, I don't think we can go that far to say that. that that's not fair. But that's if, not the reason. If Mace Windu, he was the main person being like, he can't be a Jedi because... He couldn't be a Jedi Master. This, this, and this. Yeah, he couldn't be a Jedi Yoda, Master. Yoda sent great fear in him and his eventual turn to the dark side. But then so Mace Windu had a lot of the... impact on that. And then without... Mace Windu's constant like belittling of him and everything like that I don't think that Anakin maybe would have turned so abruptly but a lot of people think that Mace Windu did that because he was in conspiracy with the dark side of the force and was like we're gonna make you we're gonna make Anakin hate his life as a Jedi and he's gonna want to turn because he can't get any power well, well, there is a theory that Mace Windu is Supreme Leader Snoke. I've never seen that. It's not a well-known theory, but as we all know, Snoke's face is disfigured quite a bit. So is his hands and arms. And that could be due to when Palpatine shot him yeah, the lightning out strike. of the window. 
and mm. his hands could just be regen, as the Sith have very unnatural powers, re kind of regenerated his hands in a fashion, and that's why he has hands whenever we see him in the newer movies. Hmm. You know, this Mace Windu thing, I have to say, I'm, I'm seeing that it looks like this really got exposed on Reddit by a user, John Dari G1. And I guess they really did put together a lot of evidence that Mace Windu potentially could, could be the bad guy all along. That's interesting. I, I did not know that. But then there's also the conspiracy that Jar Jar Binks is the bad guy all along. Which you guys both know. I I, I think this is, is true. It's so no insane. And like everything that Jar Jar Binks has done that proves this, like obvious he is such an over the top, just annoying, clumsy quote-unquote funny character and i think he does it on purpose heavy quote funny now kylie you were explaining to me and this unfortunately this wasn't on the show when we were discussing this but can you explain again the power exchange that happened between padme and jar jar and what your thoughts on that were because that was interesting to me when you broke that down so basically at the beginning of Attack of the Clones, Jar Jar became a representative in the Galactic Senate. And Jar Jar Binks has no recollection of how government works outside of his planet. Hmm. So, like, he has absolutely no qualifications to be there. And he was the one that gave absolute power to Chancellor Palpatine. Mm -hmm. And, like, he managed to somehow manipulate the Senate, whether it be with mind tricks or what, to vote in favor of giving Palpatine that power. And that was directly responsible for the fall of the Republic and then the Empire. Since you you bring up the Senate real fast, that that reminds me of another... Fun fact that I, I kind of want to bring up. I think it's cute. Uh, the E.T. race, I'm sure we all know of E.T., is actually in the Senate meeting when this is all taking place. And in the E.T. movies, he recognizes someone dressed up as Yoda. So very good possibility that E.T. is just a very strong force user because he Ooh. can make bikes fly. He could heal people at a touch. So he is obviously a Sith Lord. Wait a minute. A Sith power. You have to backtrack on this because you just dropped a bomb. You're he talking just dropped, about like, so much information. So you're talking about E.T. as in the extraterrestrial movie with uh, Haley Joel Osment, like back in the day, right? Yes. As if you rewatch the movie, you'll see him recognize and try to communicate with someone dressed as Yoda, meaning he knows who Yoda is. This being his first time on planet Earth mind you there's no way he could know yoda just by coming to earth once and not seeing the movies gordon with peace and love i am fact checking your ass so fast on this one so and even more points to why he is a jedi is he's able to make a bike fly sorry not a jedi a sith 
he's able to make bikes fly, other people fly, which is just very powerful force user, and he was able to heal the kid with just his finger, which only the Sith have that power. Wow. I am shocked to say that Looper, if you guys are familiar with that media outlet, yes, they am. actually have a full article on this, cooperating yeah. this. I'm shocked. Like, it's so bizarre. And then, like, you guys know how, like, when you do your Jedi mind tricks and you try to, like, you're like, you do not want the cracker or something like that. And then he's like, oh, I don't want the cracker. I don't know where that yeah. came from. It just did. But when he's talking to the Senate, anytime he's trying to convince him, he's moving his hands so much. Similar to how definitely does. you move your hands like to the side when you're trying to use a Jedi mind trick on somebody. Like old Obi-Wan did in uh, A New Hope, changing the star or stormtroopers or direction so that he could deactivate the uh, shields mm -hmm. on the Death Star. And the craziest thing is, like, since I told you this theory, Steve, like, mm -hmm. what, maybe a month ago? I'd say, yeah. I have found out that George Lucas, who, his, Jar Jar Binks is George Lucas's favorite Star Wars character, has said that Jar Jar Binks is, quote, the key to the whole saga. You know, I have read this. I read that too. But here's my thing is, and this is, and again, Kylie, you gave me a conspiracy theory. I'm obviously hooked. But this is, <laughs> this is the only thing I'm going to say is they think that at the time, what he might have been referring to was the fact of him being the first fully CGI character that he meant that they could expand the universe so much more based on that. Again, this is all interpretation. So it could have been that he is the Sith Lord and he is the key in, a, in that sense. But part of people's interpretation is maybe because of like the technology. It's hard to, can you believe we're talking about Jar Jar Binks in regards to like technology because of just how his character is? But People are saying that he might have been referring to the fact that it's like the sky's the limit as far as what we can create. Now, I I would agree with you completely, mm. except that the actor who, or the voice actor that did Jar Jar Banks mm -hmm. had tweeted at some point, Quote, I will say this. It feels really good when the hidden meaning behind the work is seen, no matter how long it takes. Hashtag TPM, which means the Phantom Menace. The, the hair on my arm just stood up. So Ahmed Best actually tweeted that after yeah. all of this time. He like. So do you think he was in on it? Like, do you think that they like pulled him aside in production and were like, hey, your character. I mean I feel like when you're given the opportunity to be a character and you get Jar Jar Banks, I feel like there's not a whole lot of people who would have taken that role. That's true. And I feel like there kind of has to be something behind it because Jar Jar Banks is just such a interesting character. And then for him to just be kind of like a comedy aspect or comedic aspect, I mean, it's weird. Well, do you know, do you guys know who George Lucas based Jar Jar Binks off of? No idea. No. 
I don't think you're going to believe me for this because it, it's quite l- it, it made me have to do a double take when I found this out. He's based off a of Goofy. Like, like yuck, yuck, Goofy from like Disney? Mickey like, and Friends? Mickey and Friends Goofy. I see it. I wouldn't have thought it, but now that you say it, I mean, you look at like the ears and whatever you want to call it. I assume that's his ear. Like, I can kind of see it, but I would have not ever put that two and two together. And apparently, uh, the one who ended up voicing him wore a pro- a prosthetic costume, which cost about a hundred grand. Wow. Just to be a reference for the actors to interact with. Wow. On set and stuff like that. That's interesting. I had I didn't would not have known any of that. So. I guess this, uh, we should just probably come out clean right now and say this is probably a conspiracy theory podcast. Is there any other ones that we want to dive into? Because like you said, Kylie, this the, the prequels have bled into so many other things throughout the franchise that I think there's probably more conspiracy theory, theories that we need to touch on since we're hitting on so many. For sure. I think... One of- Sorry, Kylie, go ahead. One of my favorite conspiracy theories from the prequels are ones about Anakin and Padme because their relationship never really sat right with me. It was kind of just like Padme went from viewing Anakin as like a little brother figure in The Phantom Menace, even in Attack of the Clones saying, I see you as a little brother I can remember when you were little, stuff like that, stuff along mm-hmm. the lines of that, to then being full on in love with him and getting pregnant with his baby. In the progression of whatever number of years in their universe, but in for us as the viewer, we happened in you know three movies or less. I have to say, I agree with you. It's, it was a weird shift from how they presented the relationship, where I was imagining it more like a Luke and Leia type of bond. And then it went to sexual. <laughs> and yeah, very fast, too. It is so bizarre that I never, like, thought of this until I found the theory is that Padme was under Anakin's Jedi mind tricks. What? Yeah, like, because she never loved Anakin and Anakin was so desperate for love after losing his mother... Anakin used Jedi mind tricks on Padme to make him fall, make her fall in love with them. But to be able to go under Jedi mind tricks, you have to be weak-minded, and, and she is anything but weak-minded. But it kind of would make sense if, you, from that approach, though, because of the age difference, he might have saw her instead of a brother-sister bond. He might have saw her as like a maternal figure is what that would imply. Oh my god, and the Freudian complex. So like and you know, maybe this is the inappropriate term here, but are you are you kind of saying like we watched a movie in which Princess Princess, not Princess, when Pat where Padme essentially got groomed? Definitely. Yes. 
So that's we got to take a pause because that is not what I was where I was expecting this to head. Let's take a break and let's do let's hear from our sponsors and we have to come back and we have to talk about this more because you guys just kind of overwhelmed me. So you you guys have to explain this to me. So you, she you, there's a theory out there that she was potentially groomed into this whole relationship that has spawned so much of this continuity fandom whatever you want to call it i'm i'm kind of taken aback it's so crazy because padme even says in the movie you're going to use one of your jedi mind tricks on me yeah i remember that and so I feel like, like foreshadowing. I feel yeah, I feel like that's just a foreshadowing into what actually happens because it's so obvious in the beginning of the trilogy that Padme sees Anakin as a little brother. And I don't believe there's any romantic interest there until Anakin becomes angry at the world and I feel like similar to what happened in WandaVision Mm -hmm. with Wanda's grief overcoming her and creating this alternate reality I think Anakin did that through Padme with Jedi mind tricks Hmm. and that leads us straight to whatever Anakin's on Mustafar and Padme comes to see what's wrong as he just goes there without any explanation to her. And after Obi-Wan comes out of her ship, Anakin damn near kills Padme out of the rage of thinking that she led him there on purpose to try to go against what Anakin wanted to do. Mm. Wow. I don't know if I'm ready to accept. I mean, I'm I'm hell for conspiracy theories, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to accept this one. A lot of the whole reasoning, I think, behind Anakin's love for Padme is that maternal connection. Because Anakin obviously lost his mother, and he needed an outlet for that, and he needed someone to project his feelings onto and I think that was I think it was almost like Oedipal yeah and if you think back to it it's kind of like showing and bear with me I might be getting a little philosophical here but if you look at the original three films you know when Luke lost so much I mean, Uncle Ben, he lost Uncle Ben. Is that Spider-Man? No, you're it... right. Okay. For, <laughs> for a second there, I was like, wait, did I just misquote? But he like, doesn't when... call him that often, but it is referenced once or twice. But like, whenever you look at it, like, so Luke went through so much loss and he ultimately, you know, was a force of good. And then it's like, almost like they juxtaposed Luke and Anakin's stories and like the two paths you can take in life the two directions 
you know, how you react to things and how you handle them, it would kind of make sense that they're showing like kind of the opposite spectrum. Maybe I'll see. You see Anakin obviously making the wrong decision. You see Anakin turning to the dark side and becoming more destructive, more angry. And then on the contrary, you see Luke growing from that. You see Luke almost learning from his father's mistakes without even realizing it. Yeah, I think we can attribute that to Luke, unlike Anakin, didn't really have a Sith Lord breathing down his neck. Anakin had Palpatine pretty much right next to him the entire way trying to feed the hate into him. So he didn't really have anyone to... He had less of a chance to turn out good than Luke did. That makes sense. He, and again, maybe that was a lesson they were teaching. You know, you are who you surround yourself with kind of deal. And your surroundings can really impact you, especially if Mace Windu is the sniper from the side, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I hate I, Mace Windu. <laughs> I love that a lot of our discourse, Kylie, is based on the love you have for certain actors and characters and then your absolute distaste. And I, I respect it. You're, Don't get you me have... wrong. I love some Samuel L. Jackson, okay? I... Mace Windu? Nah. Snakes on the Plane, Nick on Fury, all cool. Mace Windu, you done, you done, you done screwed up. Oh, Pulp, don't get me started on Pulp Fiction. But yes. It's probably because he's bald. <laughs> are we? Uh, are, say that. are we an anti-bald podcast? No, <laughs> I'm an anti-bald person. Okay, grow some hair and some. <laughs> uh, leave some comments in the chat. What do you think about that one, audience? <laughs> <laughs> this obviously um, doesn't pertain to people who can't help it. True. Yeah, obviously. So get that out there. Now that we're here at the Revenge of the Sith, like I would be amiss if I didn't talk about the scene that like traumatized me when he murders the children. Oh, that that's the best part. Honestly, I obviously I have to admit I laughed. Oh, see that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Not out of like uh, ha ha ha, kids are dying, but I was just like huh? Like, okay. I didn't expect that. It, it kind of did feel like left field, right? You know, it felt... It, it, it was definitely from left field. you why? Oh, boy. No. Go ahead, Gordon. Come Because, of course, I know about this, and I'm pretty sure I referenced it in episode one. And Hayden Christian showed up to set one day, and George uh... Lucas, being George Lucas, uh, records everything, so he never misses a beat. Uh, he just walked into set one day, all dressed up, walked up to the younglings, and, uh, sensor warning, started beating the shit out of them. That, his own words in an interview. Thanks. He just started... Gordon, I wish I could do that to you. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon, can I do that to you? Next time, great. next time we're all together, I'm gonna have a Hayden Christensen moment, and... <laughs> You can't take me to court for it. <laughs> sure, I can. <laughs> we have no proof. This this is all a joke. Nothing here is to be taken seriously. Allegedly, 
That's my favorite word. We have to all get used to that on this podcast. That allegedly. means alleged. Of course. Yes, allegedly. So, okay, we I, and I'm I'm jumping the gun, but you guys know my love for Baby Yoda. Was Baby, Baby Yoda, Yoda there or not? Because like I've read some, I, I get down those Reddit rabbit holes. Was Baby Yoda there? Because I've had people on Reddit say that like they think that he he was spared, but that doesn't make sense with the timeline. When no, no, okay, okay, did, I'm jumping and saying no because it makes no sense with the Mandalorian no. timeline. timeline. Okay. Right? Okay, it, it does. No, it does make sense with the Mandalorian timeline, and let me tell you why. Okay, Grogu is um, about fifty boy. years old in the TV show The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It is rumored that he might have been in the Jedi Temple, but was hiding due to his strong connection with the Force. Unlikely, very unlikely, because he would have been so young, he wouldn't have been able to do anything of useful in a Jedi Temple. There was no reason for him to be in the Jedi Temple. Okay. But, like, when I read that on the rap, and, like, you know, the Reddit rabbit hole that is literally the epitome of Reddit, I was like, that just hit because you know I have trauma from watching the scene in theaters, and I'm thinking like my boy Grogu could have potentially been hurt. It just it it was a lot of PTSD for me in the sense of reliving that scene, and God forbid, you know that would have been where Grogu's story had ended. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have handled it very well, honestly. I, don't I laughed. Think I would have either. <laughs> I thought it was a very funny scene. I think it's like when those memes, it's just like a cat dancing and then all of a sudden someone pulls a gun on you. Like that's, that's just, that's just where my mind was at. That's my ADHD explanation of the day. Makes sense. That's, I laughed at a lot of scenes in these movies because I was like, well, these are supposed to be sad, but I don't deal with that. Yeah. It's, it just doesn't, you know. Reson- it doesn't resonate. No. Yeah, yeah. We all know hmm. I like to bully people and I like to watch little kids get shit on. Half of why we started this podcast was to bully Gordon yeah. directly. I it, I say 75%, okay but that's my personal <laughs> stake. Per- personal vendetta. It's okay. Yeah. I'm all right. Okay with I'm able so, to defend myself well enough. You do. You, 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 you handle your own. But, okay, we're on Revenge of the Sith. Any other conspiracies that you want to drop on me for me to spend three hours too much tonight uh, researching and obsessing over? Not exactly conspiracy, but I, I can give you the background of why Obi-Wan's uh, character used uh, I Have the High Ground. Oh, Okay. Um, At least a, a little bit. It's. I'm not. You know. I don't remember it perfectly, but I have a general idea of how uh, that idea came to be, and it's uh, Hayden and McGregor. Uh huh. Always went to the same restaurant. Usually, and um, it was at the top of this hill. Not a big hill. You could walk up it with no issue. At least for McGregor, it was he had to walk up the hill where Anakin 
on the other side only had to walk across to it, so he wasn't walking up the hill. Mm. So Anakin, or Hayden, always had, on quote, the high ground. And McGregor thought, maybe if I didn't have the chance to get Obi on the high ground, he would stand a chance. Oh. And that kind of led to them talking to George Lucas about it and getting introduced into the film. Wow. I had no idea. That's like kind of iconic. I mean, because you know that line is timeless, and to oh, know that it sure. started, it started from there. Like, obviously, I I would never know what it's like to you know be a professional actor or whatever. But I would have to say, working with George Lucas in any capacity, please just put me on craft services. Let me make you your food, a list celebrities. Just to be around that environment that it seems like from the outsider's perspective that he created. I don't care if you're what your job is. That had to be such an amazing environment. To be able to approach him like that. Yeah. To be able to propose ideas about his creation. Yes. It's just insane to me. Because it's, you know, it's his vision. It's his baby. It's whatever term you want to use. And he still makes himself that available. you know, part of that has to lead into the like why they were so successful when he was at the helm, because he positive environment, positive product, positive results. You know, he put a yeah. lot of love into it. Yeah, and Gordon, I'm gonna jump ahead, and I don't want to throw this curve to you, but like we're going to be talking about all of the films in the franchise, but like. Yeah. Can you give me a little teaser about like how he felt about the new series without spoiling the next episode regarding this? Because he didn't I, quite feel this way. I definitely can. But before we jump into that, I want to backtrack a little bit because you asked if, we, if I had any other bombs to drop on you regarding conspiracy theories. And I just remembered one that you might find interesting because it kind of makes sense in the fact of we all know that Ray Skywalker, well, sorry, Ray Palpatine is a Palpatine. Um, It it is rumored that Palpatine revealed to Anakin that he created him from the uh, Mitochlorians and is thus his father. I don't like that. I don't either. No, it, it doesn't, but it, but it fully makes sense. Personally, I don't think it does. Well, and with, that's just my personal opinion. Like, yeah. walk, like, yeah, walk me through this. So, say, dude, give me this one more time so I can process it again. I'm not, this is a, like, the stretch of a stretch for, um, like the Reddit rabbit hole of a Reddit rabbit hole. Yeah, and then going to, like, MySpace and finding this in someone's, like, recommendation from five years ago, um, is Palpatine reveals to Anakin that he created him from the Mitochlorians, and thus would make him his father. Yeah, he created him from the Mitochlorians in Shmi's womb, and then thus that created Anakin. Which but would be I don't why like he's that so theory. Strong with the force, and was so like easy to turn. I mean, I'm not gonna like 
dismiss it, but I don't and like why it. He could have been, and why Anakin was thought to be the child of the prophecy to bring down the dark side, which eventually, of course, he does. In his own way, he throws Palpatine out of a ship, and then, of course, Palpatine comes back for no reason with no explanation. But that's for the third installment of the Star Wars. Yes, and there will be more to come. And and just to bring it to what you asked me, George Lucas had a lot of mixed feelings for what Disney did to his creation as he had the scripts damn near completed when they bought off of him. Mm -hmm. I won't spoil anything until we cover that, but I can definitely say it is going to be a juicy conversation. I'm here for it. And there's going to be some things that will honestly might anger some fans of Star Wars, knowing that it was just Disney looking at George going, yeah, we'll use your scripts. Walks out the door. Where's that paper shredder at? I'm sure that's exactly how it went. I, to be a fly on the wall on some of those business dealings, could you even imagine? I mean... Oh my uh, gosh. Oh, uh, I can't even. I can't even begin. Well, I have to say, I think that we covered a lot of what we wanted to get through today. Uh... I definitely think we deep dived into the conspiracy realm a little bit more than planned, but I also think that's something that's going to be kind of common in this podcast. Gordon, before we shut this down for the day, is there anything else that you want to add for the discourse? Uh, I always do, but one of the interesting facts I found in doing some research on the prequels is what George Lucas based Palpatine off of uh, was very similar to the rise of power of Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. As oh. They were both granted emergency powers, as is Palpatine. Wow. Just a I... really weird fact that... I, I guess I never yeah. saw it that way. It makes sense. I guess I just, yeah, I never drew that connection. So, does that make Jar Jar Binks Mussolini? Maybe. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, that would make a lot of sense from somebody who has read that Reddit chain the whole way through. That kind of <laughs> makes sense. Well, if there is nothing else to cover as far as the conspiracies for the prequels, I think this has been a successful show. I think this is where we're going to leave it for right now. Uh, for those of you listening... Star Wars is going to be a recurring theme. We're going to do an episode on all of the trilogies. And then I think we're going to do some deep dives into some characters and, once again, more conspiracy theories. But if you could leave us a comment, tell us what we got wrong, tell us what we got right. Tell us, you know, did we tell you something you never heard before and it made you go down a rabbit hole of your own? We love to hear it. We're we're trying to create a community where you don't have to know it all and be an expert. You just have to love it because that's what brought us all together is we want to share in the enjoyment and the process of learning and educating and quite frankly, being nerds. So with that being said, I'm going to throw it to Kylie and she's going to tell you all the places you can follow us, all the places you can keep up to date 
with everything going on, new episodes, different things like that. Before I close, I just want to say once again, thank you, Anchor. Without you, this podcast would not be possible. Kylie, let these people know where they can find us. The best place to find the Let's Be Nerds community is our Discord server. And that'll link you to our various social media accounts. But you could also go to those various social media accounts if you don't like Discord. But our Discord, the Let's Be Nerds server, really gives us the sense of community. You're able to chat with us. You're able to become a part of our community. And you're able to give us feedback and letting us know who you are. We love it. And we welcome you. It's an open source community and we are glad to have you. And with that being said, kids, I think that's the wrap for episode two. This episode of Let's Be Nerds is hosted and produced by Gordon A. Bryant and Stephen J. McLean. Today's co-host was Kylie Gregg, our social media manager. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speak Easily Productions. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and sponsored by Anchor.fm. To keep up with the latest about our show, follow us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds or join our Discord server, which will be linked in the description box below, along with our Patreon. Also, a special thanks to Robert V. Jacobs for composing our theme song. You can follow his Instagram at Bobby underscore Spectre. Also check out Stephen J's YouTube called The Speak Easily with Stephen J. You can also find him on Twitter and Facebook under the same handle or on his Insta under Speak Easily Stephen J. <laughs>